Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. This is episode number 23. You're listening to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, founder of the 1K Mom Tribe. This is a movement of women who are building a business and raising a family and doing both well. Let's do this. Well, hey, 1K Moms, today on the podcast, I've got Carrie, who is a virtual assistant, a social media manager, specializing in Pinterest and wellness coaching teaching. And she teaches families how to rid their homes of toxic chemicals and taking control of their health through essential oils. She is a wife, mom, and homeschool teacher to three kiddos, ages 10, 13, and 16. Hey, Carrie, how are you? Hi there. I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you for so many reasons today. But if you don't mind, take a second and just kind of maybe share some things that weren't in that bio and just let us know a little bit more about who you are. Well, um, what wasn't in that bio? Come on. I thought that was like nice and succinct and just told you everything there was to know about me. Um, well, I've been in business about two years, and but before that, I've been homeschooling uh, about seven or eight years. And so I was a homeschooler first and then a business person second. And my kids are older. And so I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts, you know, of the ladies with younger kids and um, how they balance. And I mean, whether you have a business or homeschooling or you do it all, I mean, it's all just about balance. And, yeah. and so, you know, I try to be the best mom I can be, best wife, best teacher. I mean, we take on all these roles and so you know, I mean, what, what, sort of what I've, you know, that's sort of what I'm known as. I'm like teacher mom. <laughs> I love it. So what initially got you kind of on the business side of things? Like you were homeschooling. What started you down that path? Well, as my, my kids were a little bit older, like I said, and so they were more independent. I had a little bit more time on my hands. And at that time, you know, being a homeschooler, you can't help but look and scroll through the internet because there's so much homeschooling information out there that, I'm, I'm like, well, these people are blogging. And I'm like, well, why couldn't I do that? And so then I started a blog myself. And I know you can make money strictly as a blogger. But I think I told you that I didn't, I found out through that, that I didn't really actually like, I didn't like the pressure on my head of, you know, you have to write an article every week, and then you have to promote it. And, you know, there's so much more than just throwing something up on a Isn't website. Isn't that crazy? Like we see blogs and we're like, oh, it'd be so glamorous to start a blog. Exactly. You get into it, you're like, holy moly, this is a ton of work. <laughs> it really is. And so, I mean, you know, the internet has evolved and then through being in sort of that blog realm. Um, it was an easy connection heard- to virtual assisting. Right. Is I, then people are like, oh, I have a virtual assistant, or there was this thing, social media manager. And actually, I found that that's what I liked more, is I liked going on Facebook and Pinterest and um, Instagram and, and doing that promotion part of it more than the actual writing part. And so I closed down my blog. Then I had searched out more on how did I ha- how to become a virtual assistant 
in the corporate world before children, I was in marketing and ad and admin roles and things. So it's like I knew I could do something. It was just, you know, kind of funneling it into something that I could get paid for. And of course, then the question becomes, well, how do people find out about you and all of that? And so that's kind of how I segued. Well, how did people find out about you? How did you get your first couple clients? Well, I had originally started out with Upwork, mm-hmm. if you've heard of that. And I was lucky with that because there's a, I don't, now that I know what I know, I don't really recommend that as someone who really wants to get into it as a, a serious money making, you know, home business because there was a lot of scams. There's a lot to filter through. There's a lot of filter through. You're competing with the rest of the world. And some people find value in paying more money and getting someone, you know, in the U.S. versus overseas. And, and so you kind of, and then you have people that don't. So it's like, well, why, I, then you get the question, well, why do I want to pay you so much per hour when I can go to, you know, some other country and get someone for like $3 an hour? And I'm like, well, you know, you get what you pay for. There's challenges with that as well. There's language barriers, our differences, things like that. And so um, I was lucky in that I found my first long-term client through that. And then again, you know, keep researching, researching. And then I had found a paid network uh, that offered more structure. I mean, it's, it's nothing that you can't do by yourself, but it's always good to connect with women that are doing what you want to do, like what we're doing. And so then it's like, well, how do I get contracts in place? How do we, how do people find me? How do you get yourself out there? And so then I joined this paid network and, you know, basically it's putting yourself out there. It's advertising yourself and networking and finding people that are familiar or, or like your ideal client. And so obviously since I'm a homeschooler, I'm a mom, I'm going to connect with other moms, uh, you know, other mom entrepreneurs. And that's, you know, really my niche is it's their bloggers usually that are moms and they need help because they don't have time to do social media. And so then it becomes like referral based. Um, and things. So among those like online bloggers, those mom entrepreneurs, what would you consider your expertise, that area that you were just incredibly good at that everybody comes to you for? What's that one thing? Uh, in the social media management, it's Pinterest. Um, that is kind of my niche. I stay on top of the platform as far as, you know, there's always changes happening. And so it's kind of like, oh, you need Pinterest, go see Carrie. Yeah. So what's like <laughs> one thing about that platform that we don't know? Well, it's funny because some of the things that I do know, you, you think, oh, well, it's so elementary. And then it's like, well, no, you don't know that. But you can have more than one pin for a blog post. It's just not one blog post, one pin. If you want to have more pins, like especially in the beginning when you may not have a lot of content circling, you can make up to three pins. Just make them look slightly different. The title can be changed. It doesn't have to exactly match because some people will be attracted to one look or one title compared to another. And so how do you, how do you test that? Do you test how well like one of those three pins performs? Yes. So then I use uh, 
Tailwind, if you've ever heard of Tailwind. Tailwind is a scheduler that partners with Pinterest. And so they give you analytics. And so you can see where your, you know, how your pin is doing. Is one getting repinned more than others? And then you know, that you have to look at that because then going forward, it's like, well, I knew that worked. So mm -hmm. my next pin, I'm going to do something similar and then maybe, you know, slightly tweak it to um, work in a different way. And yeah. so definitely that. And the good thing about Tailwind, another thing is, is that Tailwind just announced they are partnering with Instagram so that you can directly um, post to Instagram versus yeah. all the all the planners you know it's like the, you, you'll get a a memo it's like oops time to post and then you actually have to go in and post it here you can schedule it they have a place to hold hashtags uh, it will it's going to schedule it when you say schedule it and so to me I have a program that already does that but it's not Instagram approved and so it always right. kind of made me weary so to me, that's a game changer for like everyone. Who it's such a huge Halloween yeah. moment. We've all been well, waiting. I mean, for really, years I mean, who wants to have this like timer on your head and yeah. be like, oh, time to post? Well, you kind of want it to be seamless. And like, especially as we're moms, like we're trying to batch content and get stuff done at certain times, you know? I'm well, so like eight o'clock at night. It's like time to put kids to sleep, and you're like, oops, I gotta. I got to schedule Instagram, uh, schedule Instagram, right. Instagram. Right. just wait. <laughs> That's awesome. So let me ask you this. If someone who's listening today hasn't started their business, but they do recognize that they've got this obvious, um, maybe it's not obvious, but they've got this expertise. Like maybe, um, friends keep coming to them saying, Hey, we've got this event at church. Can you design a little graphic for us or something? So they have this expertise. What would you say? their next step is to kind of begin moving towards monetizing that? I would do some market research as far as join Facebook groups of, you know, if, if you think your niche is church groups, for example, you know, maybe get into some Facebook groups for that. Or like, I think we're in boss moms together, right. other, you know, entrepreneurial women groups, ask the questions. I mean, there's a lot of posts that I've come across. Hey, do you find that this would be helpful to you? And you get feedback. And I mean, the other thing to remember too, is that we just don't show up with a business with like the number one idea, the very first idea that we ever came up with and say, voila, you know, everyone's going to love us. And this is the perfect idea. And it's going to be monetizing and everything. I mean, you you play that game with kind of the market research and you have to find what people want. And then you kind of have to kind of turn that way and see if that's what you want. Or like how I did, you do one thing, but it led to another. So, mm -hmm. you know, you just, it's, it's research and be prepared to be flexible and change. Yeah. Yeah. And really. just kind of starting down that path of researching, finding out things you're going to, like you said, when you started in that world of um, just, I forgot, I drew a blank what you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, like I started out as like an admin VA. That's, that's what was, it is, yeah. That's what I knew. That's what I was pulling from my background. And it was a fast way to get started. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, then I learned it's like, well, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to cap out at a certain 
kind of skill set. So how do I expand myself? How do I make more money? It's, well, I either have to increase my skill set, which I have. So now I do email marketing and know some other programs where, where skills are necessary that I can add those skills on or, you know, you have to subcontract and maybe like grow a team. And so, you know, you have to, you just, I mean, you can't continually not learn either because especially with the internet, the way things change, you're learning something. Now I remember what it was. You started as a blogger and then you realized (laughs) I didn't like that. Yes. Oh my gosh. What's with my like afternoon, like brain fog, I guess. (laughs) Sorry about that. Well, okay. So tell me a little bit, you mentioned homeschooling. How do you, how do you manage that? Like running a business and homeschooling? The, there's a couple of things. One is first you you have to have good support system, you know, whether it's extended family that's in your area that's going to help, or, you know, you have to have a, a spouse or a partner that is on board because if that person's not on board, it's going to make your whole whole life much harder. And, you know, whether it's homeschooling or homeschooling and a business, you know, they have to be flexible too, because it's like, well, you know, forgive me if I don't have dinner on the table at six o'clock or whatever. So, I mean, that, you know, that support is necessary uh, to start. Um, the other way is is to wake up early. I mean, I think, you know, in order to even just, even if you don't have a business, even if you don't have homeschool, you know, as a mom, if you want like 10 minutes of peace, you have to wake up early before the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, the 10 minutes in the bathroom doesn't work. <laughs> um, They're all so, in the bathroom. Maybe they stop doing that at your kid's age. But. No, they don't. They're still what? yelling through the door. Oh my God. My, my 13 year old, he's still yelling through the door. Um, I have finally got Lizzie to be okay with the door being shut, but she has to make sure I know that she's on the other side waiting for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it, so I'm still, I'm still not, I'm, I'm not done carrying wet wipes either. So um, <laughs> that will go on forever. Um, so, so it's waking up early. Um, luckily my children, you know, were kind of beyond that sleep training and all of that whole thing that goes along with sleep. So I can wake up plenty early and, you know, get a good chunk of time in there. My kids are old enough. And, and even if they're not old enough, I mean, when you start when they're younger, if they're, you know, kids are easily trainable and workable. And so it's like, okay, well, mom's working now and I need time to work. I told them with school, it's like my kids can do their work on their own now at this age, but it's like, well, they can get, they can be at the table five minutes and run around for 10 minutes and come back and (laughs) continue. But I'm like, well, if you are not done by three o'clock, I have to work. I'm starting work. And, you know, you're not going to get the privileges that you're allowed with finishing school because you're not done with school and I'm not available to help. So it's really putting in guidelines as well. Like, here's my work time. This is school time. This is family time. So it's guidelines. Have you had to put up any like hard boundaries in your home, but also in your business so that you can manage all of those things? Well, with my business, everyone, uh, my clients know 
I homeschool. I mean, we, you know, you have a discovery call and, you know, you have this, com, you know, similarity that we're both moms, but it's like, okay, well, just so you know, I homeschool and I am not available between like nine and four. I mean, you, you may get an email from me. It's because, you know, we might be on break time and I can check my email, but you know, they know. So my clients are kind of trained. It's like, you're not going to get me. And so don't expect a 15 minute turnaround time. And, and so I, I, they know that as well as I know what my limitations are. So I don't accept clients. Like I don't do any kind of admin work that requires answering phones or, you know, there, there's people that specialize in answering phones. They need to be available during a specific time frame. Well, I know that's not me. So yeah. I'm not going to, you know, work with someone who has an expectation that I can't meet. Right. So you're setting the expectations clearly up front for the job, but also like your timing, your response rate. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, we, we have the discovery call. I, I set up, I tell them what my boundaries are. I tell them how I work. And then I do, you know, once the contract is signed, I mean, I do say, I do send them a how I work document that mm. also in writing says, this is when I'm available. Um, I used to, another like with setting boundaries is I used to work on the weekends, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to because some days you are doing more activities with the kids or not, but like the client work was totally overflowing on the weekends and I was answering emails on the weekends and they, some of the clients were getting used to that and I, and that was my own fault. And so, you know, I just had kind of, not that I got any like resistance, but it was like, then I started purposely not answering the the questions because I mean, in reality, I mean, in the kind of business that I am most likely if you don't respond within 24 hours or something, I mean, like the website's not going to fall down. I mean, that's not like my realm of responsibility, but you know, if something did get blog posted or, or like if some, like a post didn't get posted or something, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, right. I, I, I don't want that to happen, but you know, sometimes things happen. And are there any tools that you use to kind of keep your time managed, keep yourself managed? Um, I'm just thinking, do you time your work or anything like that? Like block scheduling at all? Well, I, for client work, I do use a timer. It's called okay. toggle.com. Oh, cool. uh, so that, you know, it's set up by client and, then I know how many hours because I work on a retainer basis rather than a project mm-hmm. basis because I have, I know, I know I can only work 20 hours a week and yeah. that's it. And so I need to know for my own sanity, how much client work that I have. And I don't want to accept new clients if I, if I'm not going to do a good job. So, right. Um, so um, tell me, like, if somebody is listening to this, like, for instance, me, if I'm thinking about homeschooling, what questions should I be asking? <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of funny, but, like, I, there's just so much I feel like I don't even know or know to ask about this. Well, who would you be asking? <laughs> I've got a couple of ladies in my, in my area that are just avid homeschoolers, big advocates okay. for it. So I'm going to be talking to them. Okay. But yeah, I think a lot of us know those moms that we 
you know, our homeschoolers and want to learn from. So, well, I would ask, especially in the local area, because uh, there's, I don't know if, if in your research, you know, there's different types of homeschooling. There's like traditional, like classical homeschooling, unschooling, Charlotte Mason homeschooling. I mean, they're like there's these different types, eclectic homeschooling. So there's different types. So, I mean, one would be, you could look, you could research those online and kind of see what those are. You can also, there's some good books on there, but like for, if you have a homeschool mom in your grasp locally, what's good to ask is what activities do they do? Because locally there are co-op schools. And so sometimes those work, especially for moms that work like, you know, part-time because similar to, you know, when you're younger, you can put the kids in preschool and you're like, oh my God, great. I got like three hours a day where I can do solid work. Co-ops work in a similar fashion where they may go five days a week for two hours or, you know, twice a week for three hours. So co-ops are a big um, help in that. And then also activities, depending on your location, there's a lot of museums and different types of places that cater to homeschoolers. And so it's finding out those activities as well. Because too, you don't want, you, you know, you don't necessarily have to be, I'm going to teach my child English, math, science, you know, all the different subjects. You can outsource that via these vehicles. So it's like, well, I, I don't love science. So you're going to the Museum of Natural Science to learn about archaeology or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. so, um, so what started you down this path of homeschooling? Well, I, I had it in the back of my mind. Um, I'm an only child. And so I never had brothers or sisters. And, and so like when I had children, it was like, I kind of just, you know, I I just want to keep them with me. And it's like, do we, you know, back in the day, you know, I didn't go to preschool and I thought, well, I turned out fine. (laughs) So do I need to send my children to preschool? And um, I mean, I didn't really know any homeschoolers until I really sought them out. And, um, you know, where I lived, there was a big uh, Christian homeschool group and so it was just sort of I saw what they were doing and it was like well you know I could do that it'd be nice to have my children home I mean I know some moms are like oh my god I don't have the patience I you know can't do it someone else has to teach them they won't listen to me but I'm like well you know especially like the first child you know when you have multiple children the first one's kind of always like the experimental child it's like oh I want to keep them home with me and you know so it's like well let's try it you know and and so but it's funny because people say oh I'm homeschooling and at age three four five you're not really homeschooling you're like doing doing your dude you're doing your duty as a parent it's like well we all teach our kids the colors and one, two, three and ABC. I mean, those are all things the kids are going to know anyway. And so to me, you don't really start homeschooling until it's like time to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it was, you know, that I want, I had that in my mind. And so, you know, I, you know, the first child is the one that gets all the attention. So we're doing ABC one, two, three. 
and life was good. Then child number two came around and it was a boy. So I don't know if it's the boy girl dynamic or age dynamic. They're like three and a half years apart. And so there was that getting along period. And so it was, I'm like, how am I going to homeschool these two? <laughs> like they, they can't keep their hand, like one can't keep their hands off the other one. I always like pinching and hitting and this and that. And so I'm like, okay, we need to go to preschool. So actually then at that time, my youngest one went to preschool for like three hours a day. And cause I needed a break. So it wasn't that like my idea of homeschooling went away. It's just, I needed that break. And so, I mean, the, also the point is, is just to be flexible because it's like, you're not a bad mom because you need a break. <laughs> you know, you need like kids needed separation. And then, um, you know, that worked for a couple of years. And, you know, then we, then we actually, we moved out of the country and we put them in school um, because it was to learn the language and to be with other kids um, because we didn't know any other people. And, you know, I think kids need other kids to like learn social skills and stuff. So we did put them in school for a couple years. So how are you incorporating the social skills now? Like now that you're back in the States, do you have programs? Is that through a co-op? Yeah. I mean, now they're old enough. Um, you know, we have neighbor kids, we have, uh, other programs that we do. My daughter's actually, uh, that's sort of a new phase in our life is she's in 10th grade and so she does dual credit. So she actually goes to the local university. Oh, cool. And so, that, I mean, it's helpful to me, which is great. And so that's another thing I think um, parents should check out is that you have these services in their area. And so she had that option. We didn't have the option. Like they, they do dual credit teaching at the high school level but they don't have an open campus policy. So even though the high school is like five minutes down the street, I couldn't like drop her off and say, go take two classes and come back. That didn't work. So, um, you know, now my 10th grader is amongst college students. And so that's like a whole nother kind of social dynamic because, you know, part of homeschooling too is you can teach them whatever you want and it's, you can teach them your values and, you know, I mean, like I had in my, with my first daughter, she was very, you know, I would say sheltered. And then she went to preschool and it was like, well, those kids aren't sheltered because they may have older siblings. And so all of a sudden she's like open, you know, her world open to all these other things. And so, I mean, that, that also is what appealed to me as far as homeschooling, because you can kind of shelter them and teach them your values and things. and. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is being able to kind of control those conversations and just how they're introduced to things. That's exactly right, 100%. Just, oh, keep those communication channels open so that they feel comfortable coming to mom whenever they do hear something that's a little questionable. Oh, yeah. And then, believe me, at like college level, I mean, the, the first class my daughter had, she was technically in ninth grade, and it was like an intro to college class. And so she had a wide range of students because it was, you know, it's that two year uh, yeah. community college. So there were students as old as like 26 in her class. And so like, 
it, I mean, we really were having conversations. She's like, well, why am I, you know, 15 and someone is 26, you know? And so it's, it's just one of those things. It's a new exposure, like you said, and then you can have the conversations and then kind of enlighten them to like, well, this is why things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really big on let, let's build up this like framework for you in, in our children's mind that they just know like the true North or the right or wrong um, of values of our family. And when they go into those situations, because it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, when, and when they go into those situations, they will be able to, to say, okay, does this feel right? Does this feel wrong? Like let's, re- whether they're consciously thinking this or not, they're going to know in their little, their little guts, what, what's going on. So, and then they'll be able to come home and say, okay, so here's, here's what happened. Here's what she said. Here's what he said. And you can parent, you can share your wisdom with them at that point. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I can just compare like when I went to school versus now, you know, I mean, what did I know? I mean, I was like sheltered, but that was like a different time. I went, I went to public school. I, I had to return my Britney Spears CD to the store that I got for Christmas from my friend. Oh, <laughs> wow. I was so sheltered. I was like, what? Yes. That's so funny. Um, so tell me, um, are you big into like minimalism in your house and in your business? That is another one uh, that I definitely think you have to embrace because we only have so much time and – so where, where do you want to spend your time? I mean, you have to consciously make that decision. Do I want to spend my time dusting all my little tchotchkes? Do I want to spend money, you know, on all this other extraneous stuff? Or can I use my time and money in a better way? And so, you know, minimalism looks different to different people. And so, you know, I have things on my wall. I got plenty of stuff. I mean, you know, I'm, you can't compare me to someone who's maybe got like 20 items in their suitcase and they're single and that's their idea of minimalism. You know, I mean, it, to me, it's just making a conscious decision of what you're spending your time and money on. And so for us, you know, we, we don't buy a lot of the extraneous stuff. I would rather as a family do activities or go on vacation. And so if I don't go shopping every weekend and go buy this pair of shoes and that pair of shoes and, you know, my kid doesn't have a closet that's like overflowing with clothes, you know, I'm okay with that. I mean, I think that starts, you know, when they're little and you're like, oh, this thing's cute and this thing's cute. And all of a sudden they have like 30 onesies and it's like, well, they really only need about 10 because you wash them so much and that, or, you know, you buy the floofy little dress for the girl who's, you know, she's going to wear it one time for pictures. And so it's, it's like, I think that whole thing starts, you kind of have to reverse it, I think, because then the grandparents are in there and you're getting all the stuff and you're getting all the toys. And then you kind of have to kind of back up out of that. And it's like, well, you know, grandma and grandpa can do that. We're not going to do that, you know? And also too, do I want to spend my time making fancy meals or you know, is it worth it to me to spend money and we go out as a family and we go out to eat on the weekends or whatever? And so to me, minimalism is just that conscious decision of what you're going to spend your money on. And, you yeah. know, I may not have as much stuff, you know, right. but I mean, you read that like Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, it's like they always wore black t-shirts or black turtlenecks. I mean, mm-hmm. 
how many decisions do you want to make in life? And so it, it's just, it's making those decisions. You know, and I even think about like your classroom at your home and just like all of your teaching materials. We could go way over the top with that too. We could go Pinterest crazy as far as. Oh my God, that's a phase though. I mean, that's a phase. Is it? Well, let me tell you, I have two good words of warning because one is you get information overload. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can sign up for like 30 different websites. They're all sending you stuff on homeschooling. And, and that's another part of minimalism is this whole information overload. It's, you know, find, find kind of what's, what you think is your route. Do you think you're like a classical homeschooler or you're going to do this? And there are websites that I can recommend that, you know, if you want curriculum ideas um, by grade and, you know, that stuff is going to change. I mean, you may start out down one path, again, be flexible if a curriculum isn't working, you can change it. But so the, the oh, go ahead. So what type, <laughs> sorry. So what type of um, curriculum and stuff do you do? Or have, do you fall into that classical category or what category are you in? Well, now I would consider myself eclectic. I mm-hmm. mean, I originally started out as a classical homeschooler and, and that worked for me because uh, there's a very popular book in classical homeschooling called The Well-Trained Mind. And that was like my Bible for, you know, it was by grade. I really, I think that that was, it made logical sense to me that that's what I wanted to do. Um, except for like learning Latin. <laughs> they they want to learn, they want you to teach Latin and some other things. Um, but that, so that, it mean, it was good for me because it, it gave me like strict guidelines. And if you kind of need if you feel like you need that, it was very helpful because it was a homeschool mom and her daughter. And basically they went through like a gazillion types of homeschool materials and said, this is what we feel is the best. And so that was a great jumping off point for me. And so I did that for a couple of years. And then, like I said, you, you work with your child and curriculums may or may not work. So why force something on your child and yourself and you're, you're both like killing each other. Like for us, like the hard point was math. And so we have gone through many math curriculum in our homeschooling career and it also depends on child. And so um, now I have yeah, since evolved. And, and I'd say eclectic because I still kind of follow that framework, but there's kind of other curriculum that they don't really say, yes, use that, but it works for us. Yeah. And that was my second question was, has it changed? So I guess it has. You've kind of just evolved as you've like come into your own homeschooler teacherness, but also your kids as you've really adapted it to them. Yeah. I mean, you get more comfortable, you get more confident because also, too, when they're younger, they, like the curriculum that we used, it didn't have a lot of tests. So then people, you know, I always get that, well, do they do standardized testing question? And we do have that option through our local school district. We can standardize test them if we so desired. But you, you know your children, you know, when you're working together on a daily basis so closely, 
you know what they're getting. And so, you know, you work through math. It's like, well, okay, addition and subtraction were fine. Now we're at multiplication and, you know, we need to take more time out to memorize the multiplication facts. And so that is definitely your prerogative because you're the teacher. You can take four weeks instead of a week, uh, you know, or if your kid really likes something, you know, why am I going to just push them along if there's something that is really engaging and they want to know more. And yeah. I mean, there, w- there will be learning gaps and you, you just have to be kind of okay with that. I mean, you know, kids in public school, like you go, you take the same history and you take the same science almost every year. You go through the same things. It's just adding on a little bit by a little bit. And mm-hmm. So it's like, well, who cares if I didn't do science for the first five years of their life? Now they're old enough. It's like, let's get a science book and, you know, let's go through it. And then it's like, if you hit something you don't know, you just stop and study it a little bit more until they get it. So you you just have to know. I love it. Well, we'll go into the final part of this where I asked moms on the podcast the same four questions. So we'll go for it. So what is one mom and business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business well? Um, The number one, well, it's a mom and a business hack because it works both ways, is to outsource as much as you can, Um, not necessarily to a virtual assistant, but, you know, drop off your dry clean if you can. Um, Like I just started in the last two, three months with, um, grocery deliver, uh, grocery, they'll shop and then you just have to pick it up. It's amazing. And, and it was, I, well, I'm, I used to do it when the kids were little and then I got off of it and then it was fairly new reintroduced here and I wasn't doing it, wasn't doing it. Now I'm like, Oh my God, why did I just. So do you have do it that? delivered or do you go pick it up at the place? Well, they, they first started, they'll shop and you have to pick it up. And mm-hmm. only in the last maybe like two to three weeks, they've offered delivery. Who uh, is it? And I, I haven't done that. But when I was little, or I mean, when I, my kids were little, when I was pregnant uh, and I was living in a state, they, that's all they had was delivery. And I mean, I lived in Chicago. So, you know, pregnant, little baby. So 10 years ago, they had, they had delivery back then? Yes. Wow. It was called Peapod. I think it's still around in certain states. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone's like in the middle of a blizzard hauling in my groceries. I mean, that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, you know, outsource, outsource anything you can, really, you know, that you can afford to, that you can trade with another mom hmm. um, to, you know, so yeah. that, you know, whether it's a VA, you have a business and you need a VA. You can never have a VA too soon, I've found, because, you know, it's, you don't have to wait until you're, like, totally, like, dying of, like, overwhelmness. It's, like, it's great to get someone in there with you because we're more of a partner than a secretary or whatever. And so um, that is for both. Um, The other thing for, I guess, business moms is to network um, and do coffee chats and you know, I thought it was sort of weird at first because I'm like, well, how can you make friends with people on the internet? And, and <laughs> then it was like, well, then I was doing it. And it's, it's like, you're, you know, you're in certain Facebook groups and the same people keep showing up. And it's like, 
the internet's internet is not that big of a place anymore. And so, you know, then you just start, you know, talking and zooming and I'm a fan of coffee chats because it's almost, I mean, as, a, as adults, it's sometimes hard to be like, hi, I'm Katie. Nice to meet you. Let's be friends, you know, but those coffee chats, like in Facebook groups, they're really easy to initiate most of the time. And then you just get on a call with people and it, it's like you've met before. It's fun. I, every coffee chat I've had has been great. Well, and it's harder for me because I'm a homeschool mom. It's yeah. like, you know, usually like when my kids were in preschool, it's like, you know, you have preschool moms and you know, you'd see the moms every day and then you start chit-chatting and you make friends that way. But when you're a homeschool mom and you, you know, you go through phases where maybe your kids are more in activities or more or not, or, you know, depending on what's available. And so it's like, you're really, you can be, it can be isolating if you don't meet other moms and, you know, or you, you know, you go to the park and you meet moms in your neighborhood or something. And so... You know, it's always easier to find someone that has something in common. So, you know, you have coffee chats. It's because we've met in the same Facebook group. So obviously we have something in common. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, you you, otherwise you're going to be in your house with your children. You're going to have no adult interaction. You're going to drive your husband crazy because the minute he walks in, you'll be like, oh, my God, I need some adult interaction. <laughs> you know? And so um, we as women, I say this a lot. I think I've said it like two, three, two or three times on the podcast, but we have word quotas. It's a real thing. <laughs> my husband and my dad swear by it. But we all have different word quotas as women. And if we don't hit that quota for the day, we chat their ears off at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So my husband can tell he's like, he'll walk in the door and be like, um, yeah, you haven't hit your quota, have you? <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, okay. So if you could do it all over again, what would be that one quick thing that you would tell yourself or start with? Um, As a business person, it would be to start earlier. Hmm. Um, You know, I waited until my kids were much older and it's, you know, everything happens for a reason, but you know, if you can, if you have a skill, if you have any desire, and you want to do it, I think just jump in, do it, start as early as you can. It's, it's easier kind of, I think, to kind of mold your family in a, hey, mom's working from home kind of thing when they're younger. Um, yeah. It keeps us saner, maybe. There's some <laughs> insanity, but also sanity you know, is kind of double-edged sword. Cool. Um, but, you know, definitely start early and then also just uh, – you know, like I said, making friends, networking on the internet. So you have some sort of outlet because, you know, if you don't have mommy groups, I mean, there's obviously mommy groups, but you know, us women, we talk. We do. We do. <laughs> and, and you can go crazy at home with your children all day long. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm definitely curious to hear this since you are a systems media admin type expert, what is your favorite app, software, or system that you would recommend today? Um, well, actually, th- there's a new one that I just found that I'm really loving called Airtable. Yeah, love Airtable. Oh, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a little behind the time, what can I say? Well, I okay, I, I love it, but I also Anna, don't like that it's another place to like have to sign in. That's my only thing with Airtable. Well, you know, being working with clients, it was like I was on that. Do I use a 
Asana or Trello. Yeah. And I was always on Asana. And then I kind of got to its limitations. And then people are like, Trello, Trello, Trello. So then I like found some good training on that and went Trello. What were um, the limitations? But then, well, like Asana, I didn't like, I think they've since changed, but I didn't like the way that the conversation just kept going and going kind of all in one stream and so like with Trello you know it's by card and so you just go to the conversation of the card and so I liked that that was compartmentalized um so then oh go ahead sorry with Airtable tell me like for the audience that doesn't know what it is what does it do and then how are you using it specifically well, Airtable is a combination of like Google uh, Sheets. No, not Google Sheets. What's yeah. the spreadsheet? Is it the spreadsheet thing? Google Sheets? Okay. Google Sheets or Excel meets a database. And then, because I've only found this within the last like two or three weeks. So like I'm just like overwhelming like just in it, seeing what it can do, because it does, I think it could take the place of Trello um, as far as a lot of people use Trello for like content planning. Uh, Cause there's a lot of the different, there's a lot of different templates. And so what it, what I use it for is I use it for my other business, which is essential oils. And so originally I had, um, you know, to keep track of um, like follow up, was okay talk to these people here's their phone number but then you know you had one cell that had like these big long paragraphs of notes and different things and you know it just didn't look pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know you had to change the colors or you know there was a it was it was not easy to just like click and kind of keep track of things and i know there's our crms but someone had just, one of my friends said, oh, try Airtable. And then I tried it. And then it's like, well, you know, now I have these little drop-down boxes and I can just change the status of things. And it's kind of got the functionality of like a pivot table. So you can like adjust the views at any moment and see things in a different I way. I love that. Yes. So you can that. be like, okay, I need to t- call these five people. And then the other ones that fell out are like, I've already, you know, contacted them or whatever. And so I do, I love the different views. I love the color coding. Um, love the color coding, yes. Well, I just love organizing. And so that it just like really hit because then I'm like, wow, you know, the templates. It's like, well, now I could do um, more of the media management, the content management. It's, it's like, because I have things, like you said, I got things over in files on Dropbox, Drive, you know, all these. Yes, things. Google Drive, Dropbox on my computer for different clients and this client's giving me this. And so I'm using it personally and uh, for my business on the side and not client work yet because, you know, I just have them all kind of trained to use Trello. Um, And I think that's sort of an easier, I think it's more visual and it it just kind of works. There's like less of a, maybe a learning curve on that um yeah to find out all the functionality of Airtable will take me a little while you have to let me know 
I'm just yeah. starting to get no, into I'm, it. I'm loving it. Well, then, you, then I'll, you know, it's like when you learn something, then you see other people. Because it's like, does am I the only one that knows about Airtable or can I share this? And people are like, oh, yeah, I love Airtable. Yeah, I love Airtable. I'm like, well, I guess I missed out on that memo to try Airtable like six months ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, okay, last question for you. What is the best book you've read? Can I give you two? Because yeah. they're happening simultaneously. Uh, the 12 week year. Oh yeah. I've heard of that one. And high performance habits. So that's, that's Brendan Bouchard's one. Brendan Bouchard. Yeah. Well, I, cause I have two simultaneously going on. Cause one is an audio book that I'm listening to while I'm on the treadmill. And then the other one is one that I'm reading. And, well, and so, those probably go really great hand in hand. And they do. Yes. And that's the thing. They really go together. Um, 12 week year, I thought I avoid, I avoided it. I knew it was kind of out there, but I thought, well, that's kind of a dumb title. Um, what's, what's a 12 week year. And so then as I read it, it, it totally made sense. It's, I I think it's a really, it's a game changer if you're very goal oriented, Mm -hmm. um, and you want to hit goals because it breaks things down into every three months and, And so, because, I mean, his rationing was you put yourself kind of in an unbalanced, you you pick three, you focus on those three for 12 weeks. Most likely you're going to get them accomplished because what do we do? It's like, well, January 1 comes around and says, well, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by the end of, you know, end of the year. Well, you know, subconsciously you're like, well, I can eat this donut because I got till the end of the year to lose 10 pounds or whatever it is. And you keep pushing it off and pushing it off and then it never happens. And so that, that, that's a game changer. And then the high performance habits, they, they just really go hand in hand of, you know, seek clarity in what your goal is. And so that 12 week year puts kind of that clarity because you focus, you're focusing crystal clear on three. Yeah. three goals and then you measure it and you grade yourself. So, well, I love it. Well, share with us real quickly where our audience can connect with you. Uh, my website is carrymarie.com and then I'm on Pinterest, carrymarieva, pinterest.com, carrymarieva, I think. Sweet. Uh, and I'm also on Facebook uh, as Carrie Marie, I believe. And Carrie has a freebie for you guys today. So definitely check the show notes for that, but it will tell you exactly how to find your perfect VA and why you need one. You'll learn everything you need to know about the hiring process and how to find the right VA for you. Yes, exactly. That was like everything that I have learned along the way, because it really, like you said, like if I'm going to homeschool, what questions am I going to ask? It's the same thing with a VA. Like, what questions do you need to ask? What do you need to know? And I, I kind of shorten that learning process for you because I've heard way too many horror stories of, oh my God, I had this flaky VA. She never returned my calls or my emails. And so I condensed it all and I hope that it helps. It's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was so nice talking to you. I love your podcast. It's great. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For a full recap and show notes of the episode with some helpful tips and tricks and links to what was mentioned, head on over to 1kmom.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would be so honored if you would leave us a review on iTunes 
Screenshot today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag us in your stories at Katie Plumbing, and let us know what you loved. Thank you so much for being part of the 1K Mom Tribe.